0: Cardinals corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Holy cow, it's David Blau. Blau with
1: two receivers either side. Out of the gun, four-man rush. Here comes a trail blitzer. Blau on the move to his right. Looking, surveying, throwing. He's got a man front corner of the end zone. Just inside the pylon, and it's a Cardinals touchdown. David Blau going to the far side of the end zone and making the touchdown pass on the money to Brian Cobb. Hello and
0: welcome back into another edition of Cardinals Corner Fresh Off. The very first victory, albeit preseason, of the Jonathan Gannon, dawn of a new era in Arizona. David Blau with the game-winning touchdown that leads to a Damari Di De two-point conversion. And the man who was there to witness it live in person is Arizona sports Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake. He joins myself, Eric Ruby, via phone because he's Mr. Boots on the ground. Tyler, we're
2: back.
1: <laughs> we're back, and what a way to start, man. That was the... Uh... That was something. Yeah, obviously, nice little disclaimer, it's preseason, doesn't count in the record books, it doesn't count, you know, at the end of the year, but still, for the new regime, new look Cardinals, to come in and win one, first one on the docket, no matter if it's an exhibition or a real game, that's something. And hey, State Farm Stadium doesn't see a lot of wins, I hadn't seen a lot of wins recently, we all know that. And for them to get one like they did today in the fashion they did today, that was fun to watch. I mean, granted, those first couple quarters were a little rough. Yeah, fun to watch at the end.
0: At the end, for sure. Like it it picked up. I mean, we're talking multiple missed field goals at the beginning of this game, two from the Broncos, one from the Cardinals. But it all led to a beautiful, sweet two-point conversion where Amari DiMaccato said, I'm just stronger than you. Cardinals break the auto. Here we go. Two
1: seconds to go in the game. This is the two-point conversion. Cardinals trail 17-16, Blau, inside handoff, Di Mercado trying the right side, moving the pile and into the end zone. Two-point conversion of Mari Di Mercado
0: muscles his way across the goal line. It looked like he wasn't even going to get there, Tyler, but he did. That was a wolf run, and I'm going to be more physical than you to the max.
1: Well, hey, you gotta give we gotta give a shout out to Lasita, friend of the show, Lasita Smith, because he was the one who uh, I think he picked him up a little bit there and kind of helped with that push in the pile uh, side of things. So definitely, uh, definitely a crazy way to end the game. Sure. Yeah, I
0: I was not shocked that it happened, but it was one of those oh my god, are they gonna do this? Like, are they really gonna come out and do this? And I want to make the biggest disclaimer in the world for both of us right now, and I'm going to make it once so that neither of us have to say it for the rest of the show. You ready to hear what it is, Tyler? Yep. Yeah, we know it's the freaking preseason, man. Like, we we know that, <laughs> all right? For for you that's about to listen to this and be like, man, why are they talking so positively? It's just a preseason. <laughs> like, Okay, we get it. We get it. it. It's the preseason. But, Tyler, you cannot deny that the vibes – for the start of this regime, this era, this new look Cardinals, new jerseys, new coach, lots of new players. It is a complete 180 from last year. Last year.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I'll give you another piece of info, too. I We're sitting in, there in the interview room, which is right next door to the locker room, and the, you know, just celebration and just you can tell the camaraderie, the the togetherness, you you could hear it in everybody celebrating. I mean, it was rocking in the locker room for quite a while until Gannon came out and talked to us. And, and yeah, man, it's just, yeah, it's preseason. But the way they came out, the way the defense played, especially to start, obviously a lot of missed field goals, obviously some things to, to clean up for sure. But you also looked at the amount of penalties. They only had three for a new regime. That was incredible. In their, in their first showing together, I mean, red and white practice was ugly with laundry. There was a lot of flags flying in that red and white practice. Three, I mean, there was a, I think there was a hold, a face mask, and a legal formation. I think Cardinals fans, after what they've seen the last couple of years, will take that and be running with it because you could tell everything was solid there. And, and I also asked, Gannon, specifically, how was the communication with the coaches themselves and you know he he was funny he's like it was great but i had to tell him to speak up every once in a while so it was it was actually it was pretty funny to see that but really i mean the way he talked about it he seemed they just seemed so for a first year head coach he seemed really poised talking to us afterwards obviously we didn't get to see what's going on with him inside his head or, or next to him during the game but the way he came and talked to us it seemed like you know this is what they were supposed to do it, and it was just to see that with this team, that we all you know can understand that it might be a rough year, that was a heck of a way to really start things off.
0: And, I mean, look, man, if they didn't get the two-point conversion, there was still so many positives to point from this game. The two that you mentioned I love, and I want to focus on them first, but there is a lot to get into after that. Real quick, the lack of penalties is maybe the most reassuring thing that is somebody who analyzes this team and breaks them down. That makes me think that what they can build here is sustainable. And I know that sounds like a little bit of a reach, but you're right. When we did our live show from red and white practice, it was flag after flag, after flag, after flag, after flag to the point where we were like, yeah, there's a lot of laundry out there. And I yeah. wouldn't even was the first penalty. I, at least the second quarter. I don't think there was a penalty in the first quarter from either team.
1: If there was, it might have been the illegal formation. But I mean, there was no, like, that's the thing. There's no hold. There's no face mask until later on.
0: Right. And so I think that that in general is something that leads to us having to give kudos to this new coaching staff, to a Nick Rallis, to a Drew Petzing,
1: to Jonathan well, Gannon. Also, man, we got to think about it too because Gannon talked to us. A couple days ago, even, and talked about how important it was to have refs at practices talking with players, talking with coaches, giving them or having coaches prepare things to show the refs and ask questions. I mean, they've really taken it upon themselves to learn more about what a penalty is and isn't, what'll get caught, what won't get caught. So, yeah, like you said, you got to get kudos to those because those are the, the little things that I think we're missing these past couple years that we're kind of seeing now all coming together with this new, uh, new regime. And here's a big thing
0: that we're missing right now, Tyler, something that has to be said, especially when talking about how this defense performed. The Broncos rolled with their starters for a pretty long time. Russell Wilson got some extended play out there. Jerry Judy got some extended play out there, even recorded a touchdown, obviously and later the in the game. Dropped. Yeah, after that drop. But obviously later in that game, you know, the bench started coming out. Then you went to Stidham. Then you went to Danucci. Like, yeah, okay, we got it. Again, the preseason. But, like, don't get it twisted. This defense for the Cardinals, and not all of their first-teamers, but some of them, and some of them more than others, looked really, really solid. I want to start with some of the faces that are familiar with us, and then I've got a couple new faces I'd like to talk about as well. Zayvon Collins, I believe, stood out in the short time that he played. I really liked what I saw from him. He was able to pressure. And Wilson, man, Russ did not have a ton of time in that pocket to make good, clean passes and make good decisions. And overall, the amount of batted balls that came from this line, incredible. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Zavin, man, I think like the first or second play he, or for on defense, he was just, he was going. I think he put pressure right away. He had a QB hit, a tackle. I mean, him and Dennis Gardeck looked awesome. They looked like a solid duo out there. I mean, Gardeck had the sack. I, that, I mean, I think they played seven or ten snaps together. So not a ton, but what they got, I think, stood out a ton to me and a lot of other people in the press box. And then, yeah, moving over to the defensive line. That was something that JG talked about, man. He talked about how the ball disruption was so solid with that defensive line. You know, obviously, I think the interior needs to work a little bit more on the run stopping stuff. I felt like there was they were kind yeah. of giving some up in the second half. Obviously, I mean, it's not starters at that point, but still something to watch. But yeah, he he really liked the. I think there was like four batted balls right there at the line or just beyond it. So, devs I mean that that'll stop. I mean that stops big gains. That stops touchdowns. And he, I mean. Victor Dumekeji had one that Mm -hmm. might have been a huge gain late in the game. So big, big, big hats off to that for sure.
0: And that Gardeck sack was a huge momentum killer because I believe that came right after a Clayton Toon interception. That wasn't really Clayton Toon's fault. We're going to get to Toon in a second, but... I want to stay on this batted ball thing because Jonathan Gannon joined the Cardinals radio network, which Paul Calvisi, Drew Stanton filled in for Ron Wolfley and Dave Pash doing play-by-play today. They did a fantastic job, and they asked Jonathan Gannon if they emphasize batting balls down and they actually practice it.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a point of emphasis by all our defensive coaches because it goes into the explosive play battle and the takeaway battle, which we call the double positive, but that is a way to You know, that's it's one of the ways that we disrupt the ball. And we say, you know, if you're not hitting a quarterback, then help this coverage players out a little bit. So they drill that. They practice that. It's on their mind. We talk about it and I thought they did a really good job. But honestly, they've been doing a good job in camp with it. You know, our quarterbacks are getting pissed at them because they're knocking down balls. And our offensive line takes care of them in practice because you don't want to get you don't want offensive linemen to dump them when they jump. But um, they've been doing it all practice. It showed up in the game, and it helped us win the game. I love
0: that we are one preseason game into this thing with Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rallis. And you can say, hey, here's something that we legitimately worked on and we emphasized. And you saw a big difference from last year to this year and just the amount of production for it. Are you going to see this amount of batted balls every single game? Probably not. However... The fact that they happened this game is not something to sneeze at. I thought that was fantastic. But that interior defensive line, you're right, Tyler. There were some runs that left a little bit to be desired.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what but, happens I when mean, you
0: lose your inside linebackers, huh?
1: <laughs> when you lose your inside linebackers, you lose Zach Allen, who made his return to State Farm Stadium, Ooh. and I think had two tackles. Yeah. One sack, right? I don't know if he had a sack. I'm not sure about that one. He might have. He, I know he had two tackles. I don't know about it outside of that.
0: Yeah, it might be. I might... Oh, no, you know who had a sack? It was mini Zach Allen, Cam Thomas. Yep. Yep. But I, uh, I really, really enjoyed... Uh, obviously the batted balls on the line. I thought they had a really good job getting pressure on the quarterback, even in Gardeck and Collins limited play. I thought that they did well. And I thought even some of the backups stepped up as well. But I do also want to talk about the secondary, specifically the corners. What a great game, in my opinion, from Keetra Clark and Christian Matthew, as they continue to do iron sharpening iron in that cornerback room. And whoever started next to Marco Wilson, that's getting to, to be a pretty hot topic, especially because Antonio Hamilton had an interception, and then he almost had another one.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I, it, it really was. It's going to be like Nick Ross has said. It's, it's not close on him determining who's starting. I mean, Christian Matthew, he, he took off his pads, I think, by halftime. So, I mean, that alone, I think, shows you what they think of him and where they want. They, I mean, you got to protect your guys if you want to play them. And then, yeah, Hamilton, I think that performance might have just played his way into more playing time, maybe move up from that third team role and get some more look with the second or even first team. Because, I mean, again, he was the starting cornerback on the uh, official, unofficial depth chart, but that was not the case. What about
0: Key? What did you see from Key out there?
1: He just, I mean, the dude looked fearless. That I think that was a big one. He had a tackle on – a tight end who looked like he was double the size and put the dude on the ground. He was fast. I think he also was solid in special teams. He had a couple, uh, you know, I think he was a gunner a couple times or, or he was down there blocking for Dortch and, you know, just was able to help either make sure the ball got into the end zone for a touchback or was there blocking a dude. So, you know, it was, I think the little things he got done and, Obviously, I asked uh, JG about about him specifically, and he said he's got to look at the tape, but he liked what he saw so far.
0: Yeah, and Clark was also a guest on the Cardinals Radio Network postgame, and they brought up to him the fact that for both sides, both defenses— we're not hiding anything. It wasn't like the preseason games of three, four, five years ago where you got a couple schemes, you're going to trot it out there, you're going to try to hide from your week one opponent. No. I mean, I think Clayton too would even face cover zero out there, which is not something that you would see in preseason usually. <laughs> so they asked Clark about that. And he really, really, really raved about his defensive coordinator and about the room.
2: Oh, hey amen! You see, sometimes we would play uh, some cover zero. Um, we, he wasn't afraid at all. You know, that's that's a will and trusting the DBs too in the back end. Uh, so I appreciate him for that. But man, we we're gonna bring the pressure. Uh, we're gonna play our game, um, and and we're just gonna go out there and compete at the end of the day because we trust our guys over over anybody else's guys in this league.
0: And I know that. Everybody says that every player is like we trust our guys over others but when Cardinals players speak this season I just feel a different level of sincerity even in the rookies and with these rookies man I want to know who else stood out to you what did you think of Clayton Tune a little bit up and down huh
1: yeah yeah I think uh he he told us in the locker room that he wished he had a couple passes back and I can tell you I think two or The of Greg, them were- Dorch Greg Dorch passes Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, I think he was maybe looking for Michael Wilson instead of Greg Dortch with the size factor there. But, you know, I thought for a rookie coming into his first live action, he got his feet wet with that pick, and I thought he settled in there at the end. That
0: pick was not his fault.
1: And he, no, uh, yeah, obviously not his fault. Rondell Moore fell over, but still, you know, it's going to be on him. Got to live with it, got to move forward. So I thought he did a good job at that. I thought, yeah, I thought he settled in more. And, you know, he got that touchdown. And, and that was a big one, the first touchdown of the preseason. That's something you can build off of. That's confidence right there. So for his first showing, I mean, Colt McCoy got, what, four passes? And it was yeah. a play and tune show until really the last, like, nine minutes of the fourth quarter. So I really thought they got an extended look at Tune. I think they were liking what they saw. Obviously, got to get a couple passes back. J.G. said he'd like a couple plays back himself. So, Obviously, there's things you got to work on—the good, bad, the ugly. That's what Gannon wants to learn from from this game—is all of it. And part of that is, you know, Toon's game. I think you could say that—the good, bad, and the ugly. That's that's how you can describe Toon's uh, game today. Just because interception, not on him, but still rough. Couple bad throws, but turns around, throws a touchdown, gets the team back into a like into a spot where they could go win the game. So that that's all you want out of your uh, backup rookie guy.
0: Yeah, the interception looked like maybe Rondell Moore slipped on the field and the field conditions, which continue to not look great, to be completely Uh, honest. I
1: I don't know, man. They play, it's a lot of training camp on that field. And I think there, there'll be enough time for it to get, you know, back to where I think they want it.
0: I I hope so because whether it is a big problem or not, whether there are reasons for it or not, I will just say it's not the greatest look it, it, it just visually it, it doesn't look super professional and I'm not sure that you know the season after having some complaints about your turf you want to have that look but again minor 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 things let's go over Clayton Tune's stat line before I show you What Jonathan Gannon had to think about his rookie quarterback's debut in some live NFL action, he was 13 for 23 for 135 yards. That's about six yards per pass. One touchdown, one interception that wasn't his fault. He did get sacked three times. So... An okay line, but like you said, he, he started off pretty rough. He sailed those passes over Greg Dorch's head and and that looked really bad, but eventually he settled in. And that's what Jonathan Gannon noticed.
2: Yeah, I thought so too, Drew. Like it from your guy's perspective, I thought that what stood out, he kind of made some plays with his feet too. That and and stuff that doesn't show up on a stat sheet where, you know, we got a we got a concept up, and they cover it, you know, and it's a good play call by by them, and they covered it, and he got out of trouble and threw it away, where the difference of taking a sack there, it's third and 20 instead of, you know, second or or second or third and 10, you know, or whatever it is. So I thought that he extended some plays. I thought he made some throws just like everybody. I'm sure he wants a couple throws back, but um, I thought his operation was good. I'm sure he was nervous first time being in an NFL game as a quarterback, and he went in there early, and I thought he operated well.
0: You want to know who wasn't nervous, Tyler? Who was that? Mr. Ice in his veins. The Mr. Fourth Quarter himself. Holy freaking
1: cow. It's David Blau.
0: It's David Blau. Eight for 14, 86 yards. That's about six yards per pass attempt. One big touchdown that we used to bring in the show. And that did lead to a Cardinals victory. So, my question, obviously Colt McCoy is your starter. He played very, very little today. However, is Clayton Toon his backup now? Or is David Blau putting his name in that conversation?
1: You know, I think it's going to be it's it's definitely getting closer, I think. I, I But I'll tell you right now, who didn't play? Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. So I think we can see our three quarterbacks right now. I think Jeff Driscoll, who has played a little bit of tight end this training camp, too, just because of all the injuries to tight ends. But I guess that doesn't really matter. But I'm just saying, I think it's going to be – it's Colt, Clayton, David, and then Jeff. That's, that's how it's shaking out right now. And, yeah, Blau definitely played more into – you know, at least getting in, getting more looks, I, I should say, with maybe the second team more than he has, and I think Toon's still on on that trajectory, man. I think they wanted this, I so think it was by design, get him a lot of reps and learn from it, get something on tape and learn from it, and it's it's the preseason for a reason. You got to get you got to get use these games to get better, so when they actually do count, you can come in there and not look like you have got the uh, you know deer in the headlights look. All right.
0: It's been long enough. Couple players we gotta mention. I mean, the number six overall pick, Paris Johnson yep. Jr. just continues to look so, so solid. And there is zero doubt, obviously, he's going to be your starting right tackle come week 100%. one. Kelvin Beecham filled in for DJ Humphreys on the line at left tackle, which again, impressive for somebody to switch sides. But I mean Paris, he had a couple plays where he looked like an NFL player playing against college players. And Denver yes. played their starters. Like,
1: like this. Yeah, Randy Gregory got moved out of the way. It was
0: so impressive. I, I loved it. I continue to be high on this entire rookie class and very, very high on Paris Johnson Jr. What else did you see from him?
1: I just saw poise. And I, and I saw him chatting up with Kyler on the sidelines. And that I is true. One of the biggest things right there is, is your rookie gelling with your franchise quarterback injured or not. That's, that's a huge sign of their camaraderie already forming. So that's, that's big. I mean, as much as what we saw on the field, I think seeing that kind of togetherness off the field is just as big.
0: Absolutely. I, I saw that and I was like, hey, that's pretty important, especially for the uh, the Kyler Murray's a bad leader to crowd, which one day, one day we'll get them to shut up.
1: But not now. Uh, well, I think Kyler was even in the uh, Demercado celebration at the end, too.
0: Oh, man, they mobbed him. They mobbed him. Yes. I mean, how could you not? These are guys that are, you know, not Paris, but Demercado's somebody that's fighting for a spot in the league. And... That might be a moment that somebody looks at him and goes, Oh wow, okay. Nice. You know, let's add that to your resume. Let's add that to your your highlight reel. And and maybe that helps you solidify at least a, a roster spot, a training camp spot, a practice squad spot. Like there's there's some big consequences for some players here, depending yeah. on how they play. How did you like Michael Wilson in his limited action?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we saw him start over on the X, and I think that's where they like him. He's been moving around, but I think that's really where they want him to be. And, yeah, I thought you, nothing wowed me, but I thought he did what he was out there to do. He I made Sean was...
0: Payton use a challenge in the first quarter of the first <laughs> preseason game.
1: That's true. That's true. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Sean Payton for doing that. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. I think that's probably the big moment of his night for me, to be honest. But, again, he was it was a limited showing from him. So we'll see if, what game two brings.
0: I mean, it just kind of proves to show that he's a—he's uh, yep. going to be with the starters, man, or at least close to it. He's not getting a yep. ton of playing time. Uh, back to Sean Payton really quickly, though. I'm pretty pumped the Cardinals don't have Sean Payton as a head coach right now.
1: I'm surprised. I I wonder how many New York Jets players and coaches watched this game because that offense looked really not great. (laughs) Really
0: bad. Russ looked really bad. The offense looked bad.
1: Yeah, not great. And it's just, and it was like, oh, Russell Wilson's in State Farm Stadium. Let's see what kind of weird game is going to come out of this one. And it was—it was, it was weird. weird game. It was weird. It was
0: <laughs> definitely freaking weird, man. Multiple missed field goals, a two-point conversion to end it on a David Blau game-winning touchdown. I mean, that is about pre-season as preseason football, as you baby. can get. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. It's as preseason as you could get. Um, any other things of no? I feel like we're missing something. Something, but I'm uh, I'm not. It's late. It's late, Tyler. You got to allow me here. It's late.
1: Corey Clement, uh, Jonathan Gannon said was nicked up. He says he needs to uh, he needs to figure out his cadence and how to tell us about injuries. So uh, maybe we'll get more than nicked up moving forward. But that's what happened. He did come back out. He was still in in full uniform, had his helmet, but he didn't play. Tyson Williams led the way the rest of the way. So uh, and obviously Demarcado got some carries too. So something to watch there. Keontae Ingram didn't play. MyJ Sanders didn't play. Quite a few guys didn't play. Uh, Trey McBride wasn't out there either. Those are guys, I think, that are more on the injury side of things, whereas, you know, you got the Buddha Bakers, James Conner. Some of the other guys like and Isaiah didn't play after the second half or after the first half. Neither did Christian Matthew, Marco Wilson. So you can definitely tell that they've got their kind of top picks who they think are going to be contributors. And, I mean, obviously it's still going to be a competition, but there's at least a starting point now. Yeah,
0: and I'm super excited to see. Okay, like what's next? How how do you build upon this? Because you've got the Chiefs on Saturday, and yes, it, it's the preseason. I hear you yelling at me. Well, you know what happened last year. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just I'm just so interested and so invested in seeing what unfolds here because I'm not saying the Cardinals are going to go out and get a bunch of wins this season, but I, I don't feel like this tone of misery that some people are approaching. I'm just, I'm not feeling that I'm feeling very confident in this rookie class I'm feeling very confident in the coaching staff, not just Jonathan Gannon, but the entire coaching staff. Yeah. From what I've seen from the starters and from what I've seen from the backups, like, yeah, there's so much they need to work on, but they're playing the right let me, way.
1: Let me ask you a question. How many how many rookies does Gannon or does Monty have to hit on for this draft class to be a success? Huh. there's nine of them give me give me a number that you would count it as a success
0: as a success baseline three yep, for, th- for this draft i kind of have high expectations maybe i'm being stupid but i'm looking at paris i'm looking at wilson i'm looking at key man i'm looking at key clark
1: I and I think Garrett. I think Garrett Williams could be in that conversation too. And I think John Gaines as a backup versatile guard center could be right there too. Man, he was the backup center today. Yeah, he so, was getting
0: the second team team reps. I mean,
1: if three's your baseline, that's. I mean, there, there's. It, I feel like there's more contributors than that. Dante Stills even got more run tonight than I thought he was going to. He get, almost so. had
0: a good play. He just got beat. He's a little too slow. Yep. Little too slow. That's it.
1: But yeah, you know, it's just that's that's the thing. Is I think. You, you were never going to be able to, we're not going to be able to measure the class until a couple of years down the line, but the way things are already shaping, obviously it's super early way, way. It's like the way too early rankings, but the way things are shaping up, they're going to have impact players and they're quite a few of them are going to be rookies. Okay.
0: If you walk out of, let's just hypothetically here, you walk out of the 2023 draft with the following assets, your franchise right tackle, a very solid everyday contributor in Michael Wilson. Your corner depth in Garrett Williams and Keytrail Clark. Your backup quarterback for the future, plus possibly your starting center, probably your backup center in John Gaines. I don't think that any of those are unrealistic. I, I it's and and you got a first round pick from the Texans exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: I mean, Monty Offerport was a mastermind in that draft. You just you going back and saying all of that just makes it official. Like that was that was a killer draft for that.
0: Yeah, dude. right. But you know, you know what it is, Tyler. You know what the secret sauce is to everybody getting pumped up about this draft. What is that? He drafted positions they freaking needed. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Uh, 100%. Of course, it's a, it's a very welcome sight that this draft, and we're looking at six-rounders, and we're looking at fifth-rounders, and we're looking at fourth-rounders, and we're saying,
1: yeah, they could contribute. Yeah. Not only did he not spend picks on high inside linebackers, <laughs> Or he tight ends. The two high inside linebackers do other positions.
0: <laughs> or three wide receivers that none of them worked out.
1: Oh yeah. Oof. Yeah, I'm just Butler Johnson and Isabella. Woo! Woo.
0: Andy Isabella, how I miss the. No, nah, I don't at all. I have no, no, no emotions for Does Andy Isabella. For sure, I think so. He's certainly not yeah. a Raven anymore. No. Um. I'm just, I am excited to watch. I am not putting expectations. I am not putting expectations on this team. They could still win one game this year. I wouldn't be that surprised. But I would be surprised if we come in here every single week and go, what the hell are they doing? Yep. Because that's what we were doing last year, Tyler. Every single game day. We were in here. Yeah going why
1: and ripping our hair out. And I feel like tonight's pod, we had answers to a lot of these whys that we talked about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Everything they're doing makes sense. The offense that they're running makes sense. The defense that they're running makes sense. The play calling makes sense. The players they drafted makes sense. The way they're handling them makes sense. The way the players are talking about it makes sense. The way the coaches are talking about it makes sense. I know I sound
1: Wild idea. I Wild sound
0: like, idea. <laughs> like I'm in an abusive relationship, man. Like I'm just like, oh, I just need, I just need a little bit of good from you, and I'll, I'll go the extra mile. But, but seriously, man, like you put that and you mirror it to what Cliff Kingsbury did in the Johnny Manziel doc.
1: Oh, I haven't, I haven't watched. Brother, that, spoil it,
0: brother. I'm, I, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but let's just say. I'm gonna go home and watch it after this. No, you're not. It's 12:36, dude. You're gonna go the heck to bed.
1: Well, I got I got like an hour drive, and then I Are you gonna you know, watch it I while usually you drive? On that. I usually, no, I usually I'm wake kidding. up on the hour drive, get that second win. So That's I might fair. I might pop in. Hey, it wouldn't be a preseason without seeing Cliff, right?
0: <laughs> no, so I here's the thing. I, I haven't watched the whole thing. I've seen a lot of clips. I've seen a lot of people talking about it, and Cliff let's just say was not exactly the role model coach that Johnny Manziel needed and probably contributed to him putting his life down the toilet. So maybe when we look back at how Kyler Murray acted, how the Cardinals acted and all of that under Cliff Kingsbury, maybe – We can start taking all that into account and saying, all right, that question is answered. We know why that happened. And that book is closed. And I'm so, I'm so happy that that book is closed because today was such a breath of fresh air, Tyler. Do you have any final words before you hit your second wind on your drive home?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I think that's it. I think. We'll, uh, we'll obviously have more on Monday when we talk to JG. Uh, he'll look at the tape, give us some more info on what he liked, what he didn't like, what they need to clean up. But, you know, obviously it's a good starting point. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is, is like we said at the beginning, it's, it's preseason, but there's definitely a different mood, a different aura, a different feeling inside the locker room, inside you know, inside State Farm Stadium it just felt different. And when you're doing the complete overhaul and organizational overhaul that we've seen, that's, that's what you want to see. And that's what you want to feel. And and I think that's exactly, you can't chalk it up. I think even if, like you said, even if they lost tonight, I think you chalk it up as a win for this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, everything that you said, I I echo it. I'm a hundred percent in agreement. I'm a hundred percent looking forward to the next game. But I have a little bit of a change of pace for my final words, Tyler. A little bit of a shameless self-promotion here. This is breaking news at 1240 on a Saturday morning for any loyal Cardinals fan who's still listening right now. I'm starting up my own radio show technically later today. Saturday afternoon from one to two on Arizona sports, the local sports leader. It's called one last thought with Eric Ruby. It is the last programming that we as a station will run before we get back to our regular programming on Monday. It's going to be covering the Cardinals, but I'm also going to be able to spread my wings a little bit. Talk some Suns, talk some diamondbacks, talk some college football, college athletics, all of that. Super excited for it. Getting that rolling tomorrow. So make sure you tune in from one to two. Yeah on Arizona Sports. That's right. The local sports leader. Who knows, maybe if he's nice to me I'll let Tyler come on the show sometime, but I'm still yeah, thinking man. about it.
1: They got the uh, they got the right guy for it, man. I'm excited for you. It's it's uh you are a Arizonan. I know you are, and I know that you want to talk more than just Cardinals and you're definitely going to spread those wings and I'm very interested to hear you talk more than just about the Redbirds.
0: Oh yeah. I'm I'm so excited. Very 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 excited. It's going to be just me. So it's going to be a little bit of a different challenge, man. I'm not going to have Tyler oh, here to hold it. my you hand. I'm not going to have you to hold my you hand, Tyler. All right. Well, if you want to keep up to date with that, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Ruby with a K. But of course, the man you need to follow is Tyler Drake at T Drake for sports. That's the number four T Drake for sports. He's going to have your articles. He's going to have your videos. He's going to have your practice updates, your injury updates, your game updates, literally all of that on top of coming on here and killing the podcast at T Drake for sports. Go ahead and follow the show at AZ Cards Corner. We'll post some clips, some short little audios uh from this episode on that plus you can stay up to date with everything that we're doing we're going to try to expand that throughout the season because this is our second season man it's time for us to grow a little bit and we're going to do that and we're excited to grow with you subscribe leave a five-star rating and review a comment everything like that we appreciate and of course Until next time, post-game pod, next Saturday, Cardinals-Chiefs preseason game two. And until then, I know you are, but please enjoy football. We'll talk to you guys next time.